Yeah, we were the dynamites. Nice. Yeah. And we wore these like bright red kit. Oh my gosh, they were so fun. It was like bright red with like blue Diodora shorts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's way back in the day, but yeah, it was so fun. I love that. Hello, everyone. That was Lauren Millay of NWSL's Racing Louisville on the dynamite uniform worn by her first soccer team in Colorado, the Dynamites. And I'm Julianne Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success, and more importantly, a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll speak with stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to become the best and healthiest soccer players and people we can be. In this episode, we're speaking to Lauren Millay, a foundational and dynamic star for NWSL's Racing Louisville. During her first two seasons, she was the only racing player to make an appearance in every Challenge Cup and regular season match. Before becoming a professional, Lauren was a college standout at Colorado College and played youth soccer in Colorado and New Mexico. In this episode, she talks about driving as far as three hours to club practice, choosing between soccer and ski racing, the joys of traveling for soccer, how to get the most out of training with siblings, and much more. I loved every second of my conversation with Lauren. She was an absolute blast to talk to, but don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? I think Lauren was so nice and so cool, and I think everyone's going to love listening to her. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball, or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. We good to go? Okay. <laughs> hey, Lauren, thank you so much for meeting with us today. I'm super excited. I know you have a lot of big games coming up this week. We'll be in the stands cheering you on. Yeah, we're super excited. So I listened to a podcast that you were doing and you had so many great tips about being a professional player. And I was wondering if maybe we could take it back before we talk about your professional career and talk a little bit about what playing as a youth player was like for you. Yeah, so as a youth player, I, I actually feel like a lot of what we're doing now is people are just playing one sport. And mm -hmm. as a youth player, I was running track, playing volleyball. Um, I was a ski racer. I was doing all of those types of sports. Um, and I honestly really loved that. But soccer ended up like weeding them all out. And I just loved soccer so much. But I feel like for me, the balance of having all of that stuff was really important. But yeah, as a youth player, I am from a really small town in Colorado. And I was playing with boys a lot. Um, I was playing up. But honestly, I just loved being part of a team and I loved like the concept of soccer and how fluid it was. There was no like big stops. And I remember like every time things would stop in training, I'd be like, come on, I just want to play. So I, I think that that part of soccer is like the best is that it's so fluid and there's so much strategy involved that mm -hmm. it's so fun as a kid too to figure all those pieces out. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I loved about soccer is that there wasn't as many plays and things and you kind of could just be natural and be creative and make decisions while you're going. There wasn't a lot of stops. Yeah, lots of running. I loved that part. What age did you kind of start shifting towards soccer as opposed to kind of being a multi-sport athlete? Yeah, so up until I think it was my freshman year of high school, I was still doing, I was deciding between um, professional skiing and then 
are non-professional, but like just taking the skiing route versus like the soccer route. So I think I was like, what, 15, 16? I don't yeah. really know what the yeah. ages are these days, yeah. but probably yeah, 14, think, 15, ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that was when I was like, okay, I think soccer is like something I really want to spend all my time doing. Um, all my extra work is going to go there. So yeah, I think I was about that age. Cool. Anything from the other sports that you played that you really were able to use in your soccer career, like doing something, some sports that are totally different and then track that has a lot of like the running, conditioning or sprinting in it? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, all the sports you kind of, there's so many elements that transfer over, like basketball is like pretty similar, but I think like just the communication piece. And then I was, I think the individual sports were interesting because I think those are much more mental game not that Mm. team sports aren't but I feel like when you're when it's just you especially for ski racing for me it was really like mentally challenging because it was all on me to participate like to to you know have a result and to be successful when you're in a team sport you have all of your teammates to lean on and all these other people that you can count on if you're not having a good day you know someone might pick up the slack for you or like pat you on the back when you're doing an individual sport it's like you know you you have like your teammates but you're the one doing the race so I think it's like for me, that was really mentally challenging and I could take those pieces of like, okay, how do I, you know, when I'm having a bad day, like how can I get out of that rut to like fix my mental yeah. side of the game? So I think that those pieces translated really well for me into like a team sport and, you know, now pro. Yeah, I think definitely having a strong mental game is hugely important and an individual sport can really help you to build that. I think earlier, you probably notice it earlier when Mm -hmm. you're younger, when you're doing an individual sport as opposed to a team sport when there's so many factors going on. Mm -hmm. Individual sport, you are in control of everything. What was the first team that you played on for soccer? Do you remember the team name? Yeah, we were the Dynamites. Nice. Yeah. And we wore these like bright red kit. Oh my gosh, they were so fun. It was like bright red with like blue Deodora shorts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's way back in the day, but yeah, it was so fun. I love that. So Dynamite, you said. Mm-hmm. Were you guys Dynamite? Honestly, I loved, I lo- like I when I look back, I love my youth team. And we used to play with this bright orange ball. And that was like the staple of my childhood. But mm. I, I mean, I loved my teammates. And a lot of them are still like my really, really close friends. Um, and I think that that's the cool part about sports is you develop these relationships where like they stand the test of time like I think that's so cool that you know some of my friends were in my wedding like it's just you know what I mean I think that's so fun about sports in general yeah I think it's a wonderful opportunity to like get to meet people that kind of have similar personalities and then other people that have different personalities but you all have a similar goal Mm -hmm. and that's really cool so what position did you play when you were younger so I played mostly in the midfield so I was a little I kind of bounced around honestly and I think when you're younger you should I think you should experience all of those things I mean I played goalie at one point I was so small that like the jersey was like coming out the bottom (laughs) of my shorts um so yeah I mean I think you should at such a young age but I think as I you know got older I would just loved being in the middle I loved having all of the the ability to go left right up back whatever I wanted to do so yeah I was kind of a midfielder at that point Okay, so did you, are you, did you always like running, right? Midfields, lots of running, you did track. Did, have you always liked running? I honestly, I do. I would say like sprinting more than yeah, I like yeah. running. Distance, yeah. um, my sisters are both like middle distance runners and I was like more of the sprinter. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think for me, what, what I really pride myself on is work ethic. And I think like 
the running piece is part of that. So you, yeah. can't, you can't play soccer without running. So for me, if I'm gonna, if I'm having an off day, I always know I can work hard. So I think that that is like the bottom line is, I mean, I wouldn't say that I would love to go out and run 10 miles, but if I'm chasing a ball, then probably. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Um, So I I have heard people call you a utility player. So first, would you agree with that? And maybe for this age group, could you explain what that actually is? What it being a utility player is? Yeah, it just means that they feel that I can plug into a lot of different spots. So I can play a lot of different positions and, and maybe take on some different roles than just one. So I'm not just a midfielder. I could probably play in the back as well. So I don't know. I I feel like at a young age, you know, when you develop those skills that it helps you in the long run because you're able to play different positions. But I honestly just love the game and I love tactics. So I love watching the game. Um, And I feel like that's helped me be a utility player because I love to watch different roles. And now that I'm playing in the back line, you know, it's it's helped me. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm having fun doing it. It's fun fun doing something different for sure. Yeah, to change it up. You've been playing so long and it probably gives you an interesting perspective of like since you've been a midfielder, right? You could also look and say like, okay, what does my midfielder need? If I'm Mm -hmm. playing defense, what does my midfielder need me to do to be able to get them the ball? And and then when you're playing midfield, like what does my defender need me to do? That's one of the advantages of playing different positions, I think. Yeah, and I think you have a lot of empathy for different spots like I think sometimes when you're stuck in a role you like assume things about different spots of like oh they should hit this ball when like in reality when you play back there you play up there wherever it's like not as easy as people may think it is so I think that that's like a really cool part of like now I understand you know my teammates perspective as well cool Awesome. And now you said you came from a small town. Was soccer really big for girls where you grew up? Or what What was kind of the environment like when you were little? Yeah, so it's very like outdoorsy. We're in like a valley, basically. So I think that skiing and mountain biking were like the major um, competitive sports teams, I guess. I don't know. They're pretty individual, but it really wasn't. And so I think that that was kind of difficult. We were like just developing into like a major organize, not a major organization, but whatever we were at that point, a club. I think we had just started. So at, when I was in middle school, we started going to Albuquerque, which is in New Mexico. It's three hours from where I live um, and started playing with their club and their organization so I was driving in middle school I was driving three hours to go train or I was driving in an hour or I was playing guest playing on teams that were six seven hours away so sometimes I would just hop on a flight I wouldn't know any of the people on my team and I would just be like hey I'm here to play soccer so yeah it was definitely difficult geographically to get to places but the girls that did play like we were a very small tight-knit community so Mm -hmm. we all knew each other we all loved each other it was really fun so Wow, that's not, I mean, that shows your passion for it. You obviously really loved it because that's a huge commitment and hard to probably juggle with school and mm. other responsibilities. And then you probably learned some pretty cool things and met some really interesting people navigating that. Yeah, no, I mean, I have friends all across the state and across the country now because I was guest playing on teams that, you know, I didn't know any of them. So some of them were in Denver, Utah, all over the country. So it was honestly really cool. And I have some of my best friends live in Albuquerque. And it it was just an interesting like just to have different lifestyles as well like I'm mm-hmm. from a small town it's more of a city so I was like what do you guys do for fun you know and you just get different perspectives and I think even now like having so many internationals on our squad it's so fun to learn different things different cultures different foods everything it's awesome 
Yeah, I I love that piece of it. That's, you know, really cool. We actually played in University of New Mexico when I was in college and being an East Coast person, like I loved when we flew into the city, like the land, Mm -hmm. the landscape looked totally different than anything I had ever seen. I had never seen like the reds and the browns. I always seen the greens. So that was really, really cool. So awesome. Well, it sounds like it was an amazing experience. When did you decide that you uh, might want to play professionally or was that something that happened in college or was that something that happened when you were a youth player yeah I think that when I was nine I remember telling my dad like I really want to play professional soccer um but I don't think it was realistic a realistic goal like I was like oh that's you know you want to be an astronaut you want to do this you want to do that you have a long-term goal but I don't think I was like really like this is exactly what I want until I was in like high school college and then I was like, okay, this is something I really do want to pursue. And I think that, you know, having that experience later on was kind of good for me because I wasn't like so honed in on like a specific, like I have to do this. And that allowed me to do other things as a youth player. And even in college, like, you know, you get to, it's not as focused. It's a little bit more expansive, which was nice. Yeah, I love that. Um, what was, can you remember like your favorite game as a youth player? Like, your big highlight moment do you have any that you remember or like a really fun trip that you took with your team oh my gosh yeah um I just I really loved state cup I guess that's like yeah I guess that's a youth but yeah we I loved state cup so much and going and playing in like that type of environment was so fun for me um and we were such a tight-knit group that it was and then we we also did the regionals and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. like traveling we were like this is so fun I think we went to Boise one year and my sister was also playing so I loved going to like watch her games and then being able to like do my own it was really just so fun that's really cool so do your you had a sister one sister or two sisters two Two sisters did they also play soccer yeah, so I played I played up with my older sister. She's four, three years older than me. So I played up with her. So her and I were really close, and then we got to play in high school. And then Katie and I are 13 months apart. So then we ended up sharing a lot of time, and we were on the same team for a while. And, like, that – honestly, like, that was the best thing ever. Like, I – I will never take those moments for granted because that was like the best time ever having them support me and and having that relationship I think we were always like trying to pass to each other too so it was just really fun to have your siblings there with you that's really fun yeah I had a sister that was two years younger so we played high school soccer together yeah any advice for siblings right they sometimes (laughs) it sometimes it works sometimes it's a battle in the yard did you guys always get along or did you have moments of you know fights (laughs) on the field (laughs) no we I think we battled it out for sure like um I remember we were playing like 1v1s and we got in like a my younger sister and I got in like a screaming match and I think that you know obviously you want to be competitive but as soon as you take it off the pitch then you know you kind of have to let that stuff go but I don't think there's any there's nothing wrong with being competitive with your siblings and you know as long as you don't take it to the level where it's like rude or anything like that you're just like on the pitch you want to battle it out but there's nothing I think the thing is is you never say anything that would really hurt them Mm. in the moment and I think that and obviously you're not trying to like hurt them or anything like that so I think that that would be my biggest advice is like keep it clean but like obviously competitive and have fun yeah, definitely. I mean, you had it's, it's awesome to have one v one partners, right? Mm-hmm. Especially someone older than you, and then also someone younger than you who's going to work really hard to try oh, yeah. to beat you, right? Yeah, a thousand percent. So yeah. that that's awesome. Um, so you talked a little bit about the challenge of you know being in a small town that didn't have a huge soccer community locally and having to travel a lot. Were there other challenges that you faced as a youth player or as a college player? Yeah, I think that when you're traveling that 
that much as a kid, right? Like you're you're maybe missing out on stuff that normal kids are doing, right? That aren't involved in a traveling sports team. So I miss a lot of homecomings, all that kind of stuff. So just like being in like school dances and all that stuff and, and knowing that like the reward of like playing soccer and doing all that stuff was what I really did want to do. And so the other stuff was kind of secondary for me, even though it was tough. I think that, you know, you just kind of have to take that stuff in stride. Yeah, sometimes you have to make hard decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of weigh out what your priorities are and yeah. and get a sense for, you know, sometimes you may want to miss soccer and sometimes you're like, you know what, this is really my goal. I want to be yeah. the best player I can be and I have to make some other sacrifices. Yeah, for sure. That's I awesome it's advice. Definitely just a balance between those two. Yeah, definitely. So can we talk a little bit about your professional career? Yeah. Um, Like I said, we've been fans since you've been here in racing and you've been here. So this is your third season, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So and you're one of the originals. I am. Yeah. So how does that feel? What is that? What does that change your role on the team? I don't know. I think that obviously being here for three years, you've seen kind of the ups, the downs, the the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, And I think that it's cool to see where we started and where we're headed. Not to say that any of the years were particularly bad in terms of soccer. I think that it's just like when you have such a new team, there's always going to be a learning curve um, getting to know. And then when you join a team, right, you're just getting to know each other's personalities. You're learning how to play together. So there's always that element. And I think now that, you know, there's this team's been together for longer. I think that you've seen the growth, but it's been really fun to be here. I love Louisville. I like literally am so happy that I'm here. So yeah, it's such a cool city. I've been here for two years. My husband is from here originally, and I have just learned to like love it. It's mm-hmm. you know such a cool city, but you also it's not like totally overwhelming. I'm from yeah. New York, so oh, yeah. <laughs> like I love Louisville. I yeah. think it has so much to offer, and I love that the stadium is ten minutes from our house. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we can come to the games, and like even if it's on a school night, we can come and cheer you guys on, and then get home and get to bed at a reasonable hour. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel so lucky to have you guys here in yeah. my city that uh, has become our home. So yeah. that's awesome. So what is something you, you talked a lot about, like traveling and how that was so fun uh, when you were a youth. What about as a professional? Do you still have some of that like youthness uh, and fun <laughs> uh, or is it strictly serious when you guys travel? No, I love going to different cities. I mean, obviously, a lot of us are big coffee drinkers, so we love to, like, go to different... You know, it's just cool to experience different cities and to see what, every, you know, everything else has to offer, but I love traveling. I mean, obviously, being home... Or being home is the best, um, but I think it's fun to do different things, you know? I think that none of us want to... We're pretty nomadic as, as a, like, collective, I mm-hmm. would say, because, you know, you don't have... It's just this is completely different than like a normal nine to five where you know you're going to stay somewhere for, you know, maybe a couple years. But for us, it, you could move at any point in time. So I think it's always being comfortable being uncomfortable and in allowing yourself that grace of like, if I do move, there's cool stuff to find out there too. And not, and not being super attached to one place or one identity that you may have. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think kids can relate to that a little bit, right? Whether they're moving to Mm -hmm. different cities, but also just moving from school to school or club to club, right? Yeah, It's just um, kind of being, you sound, sounds like being in the moment a little bit, enjoying your current experience, but then also like knowing that you're going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. there's like new and exciting things to see on your next adventure. Yeah. And I've made a lot of friends just team to team. And I think that that's like, that's the biggest thing is you might lose a best friend, right? Like 
Savannah McCaskill is one of my best friends and she left to go to LA right but I've not I still have friends on this team and I still have people that I love and it's always there's always people that are going to come in and out of your life but as long as you just stay connected I mean this world is so connected Mm -hmm. cell phones email I mean I don't even know if people use email anymore as much but you know what I mean there's social media there's so much that people can do to stay in touch so yeah, you kind of, we, we have moved from Connecticut to uh, Switzerland. We lived for seven years and then we're cool. here in Louisville. And I say like, it's like collecting friends, you know, yeah, along totally. the way and collecting experiences and staying connected. And it sounds like you get to meet a lot of new people Gosh, and you probably yes. get to play against some of the people that you, you know, were on the same team with at some yeah. point. No, it's, it's honestly so, it's awesome. I, I, I love it. That's amazing. That's awesome. And we're so excited you're going to be, you know, your contract. You decided to stay stay. and Mm -hmm. we're super excited. We love watching you play. So one question I did want to ask you, and I think this is really helpful for young kids um, because they're all different sizes. So I saw that the average uh, women's soccer player is about 5'5 to 5'7. And I think you're what five one mm-hmm. okay. on a good day okay <laughs> in my cleats <laughs> okay so now one of the best players I ever played with growing up her name was Mary Frances Monroe um, she was probably about your size and she was absolutely amazing so I never took you know thought that size was a disadvantage but what was that like growing up what is it like playing as a professional what are the advantages to being a smaller player Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously I've been really small my whole life, so I think you just learn to adjust, but I think that a lot of people underestimate you because of your size, Um, and I think that you can use that to your advantage. I think that, you know, me being a little bit quicker, I just don't let big players touch me because I know that as soon as they do, you know, if they're a bit more physical, then it's a little bit harder for me to jockey position, but I just try to, like, not let them touch me and give them some space, but I know that I'm quick, so I know, okay, maybe a bigger player, I'm just going to go around them, Um, but I think that it's it's more about your heart and more about like how hard you try and I don't think that regardless of size that that should impact your game at all and I've out jumped people that are much taller than me just because like I want the ball more Mm. so I think that it's about like how much heart and how much fight and desire that you have to win a ball or to you know to adjust to that speed of play or whatever you want to do I just think that I I don't think size matters in this in in this sport at all I think that there's advantages and disadvantages to everything but I think I love being an underdog in that regard so if anyone's going to underestimate me from my size then yeah. they got another thing coming for yeah sure. and I think I think I mean I'm not a bit I was not a big player I'm I'm kind of fit in that average thing but I, I do think that it's sometimes it's hard for bigger players to defend someone who's smaller and quick because they move so quickly and also the chance of fouling them oh right yeah. so you probably you know get fouled probably more than like the larger players because yeah. um, the ref one notices it and they're just such a, a big body coming at you yeah. so I think yeah I think the advice right to young kids is like whether you're small now or and you're going to grow or mm-hmm. you're just going to be a small player like just go at them and mm-hmm. have confidence and yeah. know that they're stressed about defending <laughs> you as much as yeah. you might be about you know attacking them so yeah. go for it so I had some fun questions that I wanted yeah. to ask you and then a question from a player from Massachusetts youth player and and then I'm sure Elizabeth might have a couple questions <laughs> for you so okay so I think we hit on one of them but what is your favorite hype song 
hype song. Oh, man. See, I'm pretty weird because I actually do like chill music. Okay, yeah. So I typically like to like, I don't like to get too hyped Amped up. up. Yeah, because yeah. I actually think it is a disadvantage for me. Mm-hmm. And I everybody's different. And I think that's something I've learned over time is is to listen to my mind and my body. But you definitely see the, there's two different types of people in locker rooms. Some are like, yeah, get up, hype up. And then some of them need that moment to just like calm down and center themselves. So I actually just listen to like very chill music before games if I listen to music at all. Cool. So. Um, okay, so we already went over your first soccer team name <laughs> um what is your favorite post-game meal I love like if I'm gonna get something from somewhere that's not like provided for the team I love getting like a cheeseburger mm. and I don't know why like it's probably not good for my stomach but I just like something about the salt mm. I feel like I need it and it's just like said so, so hearty well, we just spoke with a nutritionist mm-hmm. about hydration, and he explained that um, if you crave salt after a game, right, mm-hmm. you probably need those electrolytes, right? Mm-hmm. You might be getting low on those electrolytes, and you might be a salty sweater. Yeah. I, I didn't know about this. Yeah. And so he explained that, and he said that's totally normal, and that some people will crave salt after yeah. a meal. So, uh, What about your favorite pregame meal? Oh, my gosh. I'm breakfast all day, so I mm. lo- like, I'll have eggs. Um, like potatoes or some type of like starch and then I'll do like pancakes and oatmeal sounds delicious can't go I think that's my daughter's favorite one of my daughter's (laughs) favorite meals at school they do breakfast day so good and yeah it's a big hit yeah for sure um first move you perfected Ooh, I feel like we learned the scissors but I love like the behind the back so like the drag to behind the back mm-hmm. and I lo- I loved doing that as a kid I feel like I, I don't do it as much now but in the youth game I did a lot and I was I don't know I thought it was really fun so yeah and yeah. effective definitely yeah, definitely um who is your favorite soccer player when you were growing up so I loved Marta um Especially, I can't remember what World Cup it was, but I remember watching her and being like, "That she's insane! Like she's so good." Um, male player, I don't know. I I really like Paul Scholes, um, Rain, Wayne Rooney, um, and then yeah, those are, honestly Marta though is my yeah, all-time, yeah. all-time favorite. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so what when we when we think about taking care of ourselves and wellness, and is there any strategies that that you've kind of used to help you process what's going on or or how you're doing? Yeah, so I do journal quite a bit. It's honestly really refreshing to like write what I'm thinking because then I can just like kind of literally whatever's in my brain I'll put on paper. Um, And then I can kind of afterwards I can sift through it and see what was I feeling? Why was I feeling those ways? How can I improve in the moment? Um, And I think it's really hard when you're playing, everything's in the heat of the moment. So going back and looking at the way I handled situations is easier when I have it written down on paper. So a lot of times after trainings and before trainings too, I'll put like goals of mine um, just for the training session. Um, And I think writing those like impact goals for specific sessions and specific like moments in training helps me focus and stay present. Um, Because I think a lot of times when we think about goals we're setting them for we have these big big goals right but I think that in order to achieve those you have to have process goals and so Mm -hmm. you have to set little goals for yourself to get to those big goals and I kind of shove my big goals out and then use my process goals to be like okay I know how to get there and these are all the steps that I'm taking so I like to journal and then set goals for myself Um, and I also like I like talking to other people about stuff Mm. so I like having like my husband and my dad are really good points for me because I can go and chat with them about stuff and you know get their perspective so I think having someone that is kind of like your confidant is really helpful for me 
Yeah, definitely. The the people that support us, um, regardless of whether it's for soccer or school or life, mm-hmm. yeah, it can make a huge difference if we feel like we have trusted people in our lives that yeah. support us, regardless when we're their best, when we're at our best, or we're at our worst. So, yeah. definitely. Okay, so next we have a question for one of our listeners, Elizabeth, who plays for FC Stars, a club out of Eastern Massachusetts that competes in the ECNL as well as several other youth leagues. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. Looking back on your career, would you take the same approach to becoming a professional athlete or would you decide to take a different route? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think that sometimes we look at other people's journeys and want it to be ours. But I think the cool thing about being a pro is there's so many different ways you can become that. And I think when you talk to anyone, everybody's stories are going to be different. So I wouldn't change mine for the world. Um, And I think that that's something to keep in mind is there's obviously always going to be comparisons in sports, but you are your own person and you have your own path. And I think that, you know, being confident in and knowing that your path is different than someone else's, that doesn't make it wrong or better anything like that. Um, And I think that that is the beauty of sports. And that's why there's so many stories of like people overcoming stuff or, you know, coming from this place and that place. And then you get to meet in the middle and I think that that's the, that's the beauty of it is that, you know, everybody's journey is going to be completely different. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't change mine for the world. Um, obviously, maybe some moments, but uh, yes, that's how I got here, right? Yeah, exactly. You never know if something was different if you wouldn't have got to the yeah, same place. So totally. that's awesome. Okay, Elizabeth, what, what do you have? What are your questions? Here, come here. You can listen. I have uh, two questions. My first question is, did you ever have like a setback, like getting cut from a team or an injury or not making a team? And what were your strategies to get back? Yeah, so in right before I was going to go to college, I really, really wanted to go to Denver University. And they said, we don't, we don't really want you. Like, we're going to go with this other player. And I was like, wow, that was the only college I wanted to go to. And I was like, man, you know, I, they don't want me. Like, I'm not good enough. And I think my dad was like, well, you're good enough. Let's go find something else. And I think for me, I, now I'm like, wow, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, right? I want to explore. But also, I, as long as I have confidence in myself and I believe in myself and my family believes in me, then there's nothing I can't do. And I think that that's the coolest part is always believing in yourself and knowing that, regardless of the setback there's still there's still that goal on the end like nobody can tell you you can't do something okay awesome and my second question is when you were younger did you ever have to switch clubs how did you tell your teammates how did they react and why did you leave yeah so I um I was on a a team in my hometown and then I left and went to a team in in Albuquerque and I remember them being um, upset that I was leaving, but I was like, we're always going to be friends. Um, you know, we're always going to be, you know, you're always going to be my teammate. Um, and I'm just going to go explore this new option. And that doesn't make, that doesn't mean you guys don't mean a lot to me that you were not still best friends. Like I'm still going to see you all the time. Right. But I think like we were talking about journeys earlier, like you have a right to your own journey and your own story and your own tale, and you can do what you want depending on, you know, what you need in that moment. So I think that just being honest with them and and just knowing that and telling them that, you know, it's nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me, you know? Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Yeah. We're super excited for the game Friday night. We'll be there. And next Wednesday we'll be there too. (laughs) So we'll be cheering for you. And, um, yeah, have a great rest of the season. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This was awesome. Thank you. 
All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next Thursday when we speak to an NWSL star formerly of Angel City and now playing for the Houston Dash. It is a great conversation about facing adversity, overcoming challenges, and so much more. And remember, if you like what you hear and you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram. Please be sure to recommend this podcast to any friends, family, or teammates you think would enjoy the show. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals, LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals, LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.